The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Who's winning the labor fantasy leagues, expert leagues? Who is uh, doing well for the uh, O's and for the Nats? And we get the news of the day, that and a whole lot more. How should we use Otani in expert leagues? We'll talk about that. And all those on the Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Steve Gardner coming up next. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with USA Today's Steve Gardner. Steve is also the head honcho for the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Expert Leagues, Labor, as we like to call them. Uh, and he's just an all-around fine guy. Good golfer, good taste in music. Uh, Steve, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. And thanks for uh, inviting me on the podcast. I uh, like, like uh, you know, haven't been talking about baseball for a while on these sorts of things. So it's good to get back in the swing of things and uh, and chat with you too. Well, and I love I, I cherish the baseball podcast because you know we're at the point in the season now where Sirius XM we're doing more football than baseball talk. Uh, so I still get my, my baseball fix here this way, which I love. Uh, so happy to do it. You're beating the heck out of us in uh mixed labor, uh, the February draft. What's the secret to your success success this year? Well, I, I think a lot of luck has been involved in it, but, um, it just, you know, drafting well, um, there's some guys that I liked. I mean, the fact that Pete Alonzo has been very good. JT Realmuto has been very good. Um, you know, it's one of those, I don't know, my leagues are up and down. And I think one of the things that I've in, in looking at all of my leagues, I went heavier on offense than I did on pitching. And the teams that aren't doing well are the ones where that pitching just has not come through for me. So mm-hmm. this was a league where um, everything sort of seemed to come together on offense. And I've been able to fudge the pitching as as best I can. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I'm starting to go through like kind of a exam of my teams. It's not a it's a mid mortem, not a post mortem. Uh, right. And I'm finding at least I started on the NFPC platform because I've got 11, 11 teams uh, with in that there, uh, f- you know, five of which are draft champions formats. I think you're in this. Are you in the speakers league with us? First pitch yep. Arizona yep. speakers. That's one of them. Uh, and then four others. Six where I have Fab, but. In all in, in the non-draft champions formats, universally, I have more pitching points than hitting points. Like every single one of my teams there, which is interesting. Uh, hmm. Some are in different degrees of competitiveness. I have some teams that are doing very well. Others that eh, could you, you need some work still. But all of them, 
I'm doing better in pitching than hitting. It's very weird. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I have that bias, but maybe I do. I took all your uh, hitting points, I guess, because yes, I'm just did. looking at the, that speakers league and uh, I'm second in, in the most hitting points and the second or third fewest in pitching. So that, that league falls into uh, the same sort of pattern. And I don't know. I, I wonder if, you know, maybe thinking about the dead ball or the deadened ball we were supposed to get at the start of this season, yep. you know, maybe I was pushing down pitching and figuring that if, you know, if everybody is going to be worse or, or better, I mean, uh, you know, the hitters were going to be worse and the, and the pitchers were going to be better, then maybe it would be easier to find those late round bargains. And um, my, my hit rate has not been great. Yeah, and it's yeah, it might very well be true. And I, my hit rate on finding hitters might not be great. Also, I think that's almost certainly uh, is one of the cases there too. Uh, so it's interesting. I think it's very, I think it's uh, instructive to kind of analyze your team halfway through and see where you're doing that, and not just look. Okay, I need to improve on stolen bases, but see if there's a global issue. See if there's anything you need to like shore up and do it again at the end of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, before the All-Star break, I think we have, you know, the natural when you have time off you know, around the All-Star break where you don't have to make those lineup decisions and everything. You know, that's the time that, that people generally use to recharge and reevaluate. And the, the, the midpoint of the season is already here. And the All-Star break, you know, is later in the season and you don't have as much time to catch up if you wait until then. So if you get a little jump on it, you know, you can help yourself out a little bit. Yeah. Joel asks, uh, like ha having so many teams, how do you deal with fab? Um, <laughs> not very well sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to start Saturday night. Um, I, it's a tip I learned from uh, Toby from Batflip Crazy. Uh, Batflip Crazy. I think he does his on Saturday nights as well, especially if you have kids. I think that's, I don't know, my kids are older now, but um, I think that's a start. But I also, I it's a cheat because this is my job is fantasy. So I'm, right. I'm a little lucky is that I can, I can pull that off. I don't have a real job. Now I have family stuff. I have other things to do, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that's part of it. Not all of these leagues are, are fab leagues. I, I do have 20 rotisserie leagues though. And I Ooh. think 14, you know, there some with different deadlines. Some are you know, first come first serve, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it can do a couple of different ways of handling it there. I, I'll tell you what, one thing that I have done, um, and it has worked for me is as you're going, sometimes as you're going through, um, during the week to just, you know, put a guy's name into your, your fab queue for a dollar fab, you know, and then you can go back just so you don't forget that guy. Right. And then when you come back on Saturday or Sunday, you can say, Oh yeah, that's right. I meant to, you know, if somebody gets called up or something happens during the course of the week that triggers you to say, Oh, I need to make sure that I pick up, you know, the backup outfielder in Pittsburgh or whatever. Right. And then you can go back and then tweak the the bid values. Um, but you have those players already located. You know, you don't have to scroll through the player lists and that sort of thing. Um, I, I found that that helps me a little bit to at least save some of the time with all those teams that I have. I think that's a great idea is to try to do that. Now, the, the tricky part is also having on multiple platforms like, I, the labor leagues are on RT. The tout leagues mm -hmm. are on on Roto. NFBC, I've got all these teams. I've got some leagues on RotoWire's commission service. You know, it's okay. Where do I have this? Where do I have that? But one thing I also do every day is I have 
you know, a folder of links of all my leagues in one folder. And I open them all up in tabs and each day, okay, what happened last night on this team? Who's hurt? What do I, so I'll, I'll, I'll put some, make some notes. Maybe it's a mental note. Maybe I'll do what you do and like add, add a transaction there. And there's a couple of leagues where I also have like daily moves too. The daily move leagues right. are the ones that actually kick my butt the most, especially, Same. especially <laughs> like Saturday morning. The or, or you know, you get a, an early start on a Saturday morning or that that peacock game now. It's, oh, the peacock game. I'm so mad. For the West it. Coast folks, I know. Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. Terrible. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I cannot stand it. Uh same thing with like you know, your your local Nats on Fourth of July. I mean, why do you have to play at eight o'clock my time? Why? Come on. <laughs> it's just so unfriendly. And then it happened to be on a Monday this week, this year. Um, just all that much more painful. Like in some leagues globally my roster locks i know that's in one of my yahoo leagues that's like that all my score sheet leagues are like that mm-hmm. um early early starts to begin the week are the bane of my existence do you get the advantage though do any of your leagues have first come first serve waivers so if something happens in the uh you know the dodgers padres game that you can snap somebody up yeah i do have that sure uh, absolutely um and I, that it, it is a Yahoo league where I have first come first serve. Actually, I'm in two first come first serve pickup leagues. Both happen to be on Yahoo. Uh, one of though, you set your lineup weekly, but you can make pickups constantly. Uh, so okay. it, it's an interesting dichotomy there. Uh, but you, obviously, you can't pick up. You can't start your guy you picked up until the following week. So uh, that at least there, there's that constraint in there. But yeah, I, I struggle with the daily and you know just the the non-standard start times all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing. If somebody asks me to play in a new league and, you know, the first question I ask him, is it daily transactions or weekly? And if they say daily, it's like, I don't think so. Thank it's you just, for inviting me. Yes. It's just difficult to be able to handle all of those things. I've got, I've got one league, an auto new league that is daily moves and yep. constantly I'm frustrated when, you know, I'm not checking the lineups at the right time and I miss out on, you know, say a Suzuki, you know, coming back off the IL, um, yep. that, that sort of thing. Well, especially because Otter new freezes five minutes before the start of the game too. And yeah. so I, I always remember, Oh shoot, this is about to start. Oh, it's already too late. Yeah. And it's, I haven't, didn't get my starting pitcher in there. That's got a great matchup because you know, you're, you know, rotating guys in and out. Yeah. Uh, I get caught up on that too with Otter new, but uh, yeah, it, that's a fun format also. Although we play mm-hmm. standard Roto rules, but auto new roster management rules. So still have the 40 man roster and the $400 okay. budget and all that, but yeah. um, it, it, it's fun. It's, it's a fun format. How many leagues do you play in? I'm at 13, I think mm-hmm. 13 or 14 um, across the spectrum with a couple of sim leagues um, and mostly, mostly Roto. Yeah. I've got 20 Roto leagues, four score sheet, wow. one strat league. And I thought I was only at 17 and then I counted up when I was doing this exercise. Like, cause I always say I stopped counting after 10. It's kind of my joke, but it's kind of true. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I have 20. Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and now you get the football season coming on and, uh, yep. and it's, it's the avalanche right there. Exactly. So you do, there's four labor leagues, correct? Yes. AL, NL, mixed auction, and then the mixed draft that we do in February. You play in all four of those, correct? Uh, I play in just the three. Um, the mixed auction, the one that we added uh, a couple okay. of years ago, Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ is, has taken over as the commissioner of that. 
Okay, so good. he plays in that league. So at least, uh, um, yeah, he, he, he can take care of that for me. And, uh, and I can sit back and try and run the other three to the best of my abilities. So you got yourself some help. That's nice. I like it. Um, yeah. It's... Well, I mean... it, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, not to get too into the weeds, but, you know, when Baseball HQ decided to do the first pitch Florida um, conference and they wanted to add a mixed league there at the conference to do live, um, that's how we sort of said, well, why don't we do a mixed auction league? And uh, so little negotiating, little push and pull there. And uh, so I got ready to say, okay, I'll be the commission for that. And we're like, got a deal. So okay. looking forward to getting back in person again Amen. Um, for, for drafts and everything. Cause it's, this has been an awfully long time since, since 2020. Yeah, you know, the NFBC has been able to go live, but the expert community hasn't had live drafts the last two years. And uh, you had like the last one. You had labor in in early March 2020. Uh, And then after that, we had to shut it down for tout like like a week before. Uh, And then we thought we're going to be able to pull it off this year. Mm -hmm. Eh, No, still no. (laughs) But uh, next year, next year, we're going to do this. I I really miss it. Uh, Looking forward to it. Uh, as someone who runs a league, you know, we always have to debate on rules questions and Shohei Otani keeps raising the bar on that one for us here. Um, you know, if he were, you were able to get his hitting and pitching stats in the same week, he'd be the 1.1. Uh, and now that we have a universal DH, I feel like we can pull this off. I, I feel like commission systems should be able to handle it better. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that was really the the main drawback for counting pitching and hitting stats is that you'd get, you know, every terrible pitcher going 0 for 4 and, uh, you know, your batting average gets weighted down and they don't contribute anything, you know, short of a a rare Madison Bumgarner or Zach Granke home run. So, but now, yeah, if, if the DH is in both leagues, we don't have to worry about those pitchers weighing down the stats and you truly get the value of what Shohei Otani means. Uh, That's a great question. And I think it's not so much now the uh, fantasy community being willing to embrace counting those stats. I think it's now over to the technology companies, you know, and the, the host sites, can they technologically fit that into whatever their uh, software is allowed to do? I think that's the next barrier that um, we have to you know, have to cross, and so the ball is you know proverbially in in their court now. Yeah, I, I especially think this is the way to go in auction leagues. I'm going to be pushing for it in tout. I don't know if I'm going to get it, uh, you know, uh, get everybody to come along board with me on this one here. But I think if we can do it tech wise, I think we should do it. I, you know, I I really think it's proper way to value a player, and you can and you can put a price on it. That's the thing. Right. You don't, you know, it's not like you have this prohibitive 1.1 advantage with Otani. No, we actually can price it in. You, you think he's that big of a, uh, you know, a, a difference maker? Spend 60 on him. Spend 63. That, that would be, that would be a fun thought experiment. You know, yeah. if, if Shohei Otani can give you the hitting and the pitching stats, how much higher would you go? Um, that's, that would be fun to, uh, you know, maybe we do a tout table or something about that because I I can see how he would definitely be the most valuable player and by a fairly large margin. 
If you yeah. can have, you know, eight other pitchers or nine other pitchers and have him as a hitter, you know, slot him in your lineup however you want. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the mechanics need to be worked out, but I, I think it's doable. I want to see it happen. Um, and I, to the argument that it, it's in a draft, it may not be fair. You, you have a point. However, let's see it happen first. Let's right. see, you know. How many times do, does he get stu- you know skipped in a start? You know, there's there's still the injury risk as a pitcher, um, right? That I, would be that would be the thing for me is the the injuries. It not only takes away you know a star player, but it takes away a hitter and a pitcher that you're going to be starting. So yeah. that was, I'll tell you, Ian Khan and I in XFL had this discussion last year, maybe toward the end of last year, about trying to acquire. In, in that league, it's Otani the hitter and Otani the pitcher. And the fact that they, they count as only one keeper, but you play them uh, separately. We were talking about why don't, you know, what would we give up to be able to acquire both Otanis? And the one drawback that, you know, Ian was all for it. And I was just a little bit hesitant because he hadn't had that one healthy season yet. And this right. was, you know, this was early before he actually did in his MVP year. So the injury risk, you know, if you lose Otani, the hitter and pitcher, you know, they both are generally on the IL. Um, yeah. So that that's, that's where, you know, it's a big risk because it's, it's a great reward, but it also can, can really hurt you. For sure. For sure. So uh, very fascinating uh, topic. Uh, we could go on, make it an Otani cast, but we're not going to do that. We're going to move on. Uh, There's been a lot of other news of the day. Before we hit the news of the day, quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Every one of RotoWire's fantasy baseball, fantasy podcasts on any on any sport is on the Blue Wire Network, so we appreciate their hosting uh, and your indulgence in listening to the ads. Uh, I'm here with Steve Gardner from USA Today. Uh, you can check out Steve and all of his work. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter. Uh, his uh, handle there is Steve A. Gardner. 
Uh, Steve, let's talk trade deadline. Uh, we saw two pitchers okay. this week go on the IL. Tyler Molly and Frankie Montas. Both guys are considered you know, possible guys that could get dealt. Uh, it's it's a pretty small market for starting pitchers. There's not a whole lot of them. I, like the one that comes to my mind is Luis Castillo. I had I talked to a Pittsburgh guy today. I said maybe Jose Quintana, but I haven't heard too many starting pitchers names bandied about so far. No, I haven't either. And, you know, it's focusing mostly on, you know, the, the hitters and, and guys that are going to become free agents at the end of the year. Um, Wilson Contreras, I think, is probably the the guy that's most talked about. What will the Cubs do with him? But yeah, I, the, every year we see the most you know the most sought after position is pitching, and whether it's starting pitching or relief pitching, the contenders can't have enough of it. And right. so yeah, if I, I, we've seen too, you know, teams trade for starting pitchers who have been on the injured list. You know, they've needed pitching so badly that they'd even, you know, would go ahead and trade for a guy on the IL um, if they think that he can help him down the road. So maybe it, it may not prevent Molly, um, you know, from getting traded if he's not back yet. Um, it is a, a big hurdle, though. So we, we it, it, you know, it's a bad time if you're a pitcher uh, on a bad team to be ailing. Yeah, it certainly uh, hurts the Reds' chances of maxing out his value, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I feel like it's more it's like separated this year. There's a, there's a better word for it there. There's a lot more, like, real losing teams and real winning teams right now. They're, you know, they're the Pirates, the Reds, uh, the, 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 the Nats, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. The A's, you got a lot of lot of clear non-contenders, not even triers, the Cubs, uh, another team that's not even trying this year. Right. Um, and yet, I don't see too many obvious names. Let's look at the Nats. So you, you cover, you know, you're, you're in the D.C. area. You, co- you know, you, you see a lot of the Nats and the O's. The, for mm-hmm. once, the O's are the more optimistic franchise. Yeah, I know. And they're not, they're one of those teams that doesn't come to mind as well as they played lately as a tanking team because right. I think what after this winning streak therefore they've won four in a row and they're like what five games below 500 mm-hmm. um not not thinking playoffs but I still think you know this is that stepping stone perhaps that stepping stone year to finally becoming relevant again and uh yeah the the excitement is there in Baltimore especially ever since I, I think you can trace it to Adley Rutschman being called up yeah. Uh, where, whereas in Washington, it's just been this long slog through the season so far. You know, Juan Soto is not even producing. Um, you know, to to get everybody excited uh, and keep them coming to the ballpark, and and Steven Strasburg not right. being able to come back and and be the pitcher that you know Washington has wanted to celebrate since right. winning the World Series in 2019, and he hasn't been able to do that. Hasn't been healthy enough. So, I mean, when those two guys, your biggest stars, are really not producing, uh, it's, it's tough. And, and the Nationals, being in the NL East, too, um, they're getting just pounded by everybody. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, you'll always have 2019. Uh, that mm-hmm. gives you credit a little bit. But, you know, they, they, and it, it actually it helped them save face after they didn't retain Bryce Harper and the whole deferred contract offer being deceptive about how much they were really offering him and all that. Uh, yeah. But this is a team that's looking to sell. The owner is looking to sell the franchise as a whole right. and, 
not necessarily sell off more players right now, but you know, that, that, that the goodwill is gone. I think at this point in time, it's, it's running low. I'll say that. And, you know, I look back at what could the nationals have done to avoid anything like this? Uh, you know, you look at, could they have not given Strasburg that big contract? Well, he just, you know, he'd just been the World Series MVP and had his best season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on a relative discount for a while. Uh, it was kind of a reward. And it was, do you sign Strasburg? Do you sign Anthony, Anthony Rendon? That was right. really the, the question that offseason. And, you know, judging from what Rendon has done with the Angels, you can't say that, uh, you know, signing him would have been the right decision. So right. where do you go? You know, where do you go from there? Uh, do you sign somebody think, else instead, I guess, is the uh, argument. But uh, yeah. yeah, but then you get the fans in an uproar because Strasburg has been there from the beginning, you know, and has been right. a, a fan favorite. Um, it's it's a tough situation. And as you alluded to now with the word that the Lerner family is considering selling the franchise, you've got this Juan Soto potential big money contract. Do you, you know, is the franchise more attractive to buy if it doesn't have that contract or is it more attractive if you have Juan Soto locked up long-term? That's, you know, that's the question that's, uh, there's really no answer to right yet. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely true. And uh, yeah, the, I was just going to say it was, it was pitched as Strasburg versus Rendon and the neither was the win uh, there. That was really tough. Uh, Carter Keyboom hasn't developed as they had hoped. Um, they haven't really developed the young starting pitchers. Maybe Josiah Gray, who they traded for in the uh, Scherzer deal. I mean, he's coming off a great outing. He's had lots of glimpses this year. Been hit hard a couple of times at two. I know a lot of people have gotten the whipsaw with him, but I'm relatively yeah. optimistic about Gray. I just... I just need more. Yep. And I, they've been a little unlucky too. with some of their prospects. Robles is another guy that hasn't developed too. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I'm optimistic, you know, with, with Josiah Gray for in particular, I mean, the stuff is there and his, his problem is just allowing the long ball. And it, every time it seems like he gets into trouble it's when he gives up home runs in bunches and, yep. uh, and, and that's the frustrating thing. But then you look at his ERA and it's right around four. And despite all of those, that's, that's a pretty decent accomplishment in, you know, in a park that, you know, as the weather gets warmer uh, becomes a, a pretty good home run park. Yeah, it does. Uh, I was there on the trade deadline a few years ago. Steven Matz got just lit up for the Mets on that day. And uh, they actually used a, a position player pitching that day before it became like everybody using position player pitchings. But it, it was it was that sort of strafing. I just remember that one pretty vividly. Uh, Joel asks, uh, bad year for Juan Soto or is this is this some sort of new normal for him? I think it's just the fact that there's not a whole lot around him. Uh, remember at the beginning of the year, I think his first, what, seven home runs were all solo home runs. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when he's got uh, Rendon and 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 uh, all of those guys around him, it was just, you know, it was a, a wonderful environment. And now, you know, Josh Bell is having a decent season. But otherwise, there's really nobody at the top of the lineup that gets on base. And then once Soto inevitably gets walked, which, you know, he's still taking his his walks on a regular basis and have, having a great OBP, 
but certainly from a fantasy aspect, you uh, you don't get all the value of, no. uh, of the counting numbers when he's doing that as much as he is. No, you certainly do not. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely a, a that's that's frustrating too uh, when when you see that happening there a lot. Meanwhile, Josh Bell behind him though is having a very good season. Uh, he is and for I've, average power. Yeah. And uh, and at least Soto's out there on the base pads a lot for him to drive him in. Uh, would you sell him if you're the Nats uh, coming thinking that this is his best season or do you build around him? I kind of think you have to um, his contract. I believe he signed a two year deal, so he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. And really, if you look up and down the Nats roster, who do they have? other than Josh Bell, to be able to trade. Um, you know, there was all the nonsense about, will they trade Juan Soto? Um, that That's certainly not going to happen. But Josh Bell, there you go. There's there's somebody that could possibly bring, you know, prospects or you know, more help at the major league level, perhaps a, a younger player. Um, first base should generally be easy enough to find, you know, yeah. in terms of, of position players. Uh, if you're going to fudge it. So, yeah. And to have a switch hitter who's having a great season probably will be, you know, if, if Soto doesn't go to the all-star game, Josh Bell is the guy from the franchise. Nobody else is really having an all-star caliber season. I think they have to explore trading him. And uh, it would surprise me uh, terribly if they didn't find a suitor for him before the deadline. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's plenty of teams that could use Josh Bell. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, how about the O's? Uh, a lot of good things happening with them. Unfortunately, we don't get to see Grayson Rodriguez. Otherwise, I'd really be excited about that. But yeah. we'll see D.L. Hall at some point. You look at their farm system. They got a lot of guys loaded in that farm system. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot to be optimistic about on this side. Absolutely. Uh, another another name to uh, to note, Gunnar Henderson. Yes. You know, infielder, uh, very high on the on prospect lists. Probably going to be up um, – Certainly, I would think next year we would see him in the major leagues. Just hit for the um, cycle in AAA, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's – or maybe even maybe even at the end of this year. Wouldn't that yeah. be something? Um, but, yeah, the things are are starting to turn around. And, you know, they're, they're getting just phenomenal pitching out of the bullpen this year. And I think that's – it may be a situation like Seattle last year. Remember when the Mariners were a lot better than their Pythagorean record – um, and everything because they were so good in one run games. I think the Orioles, because their bullpen has just been so good with these unknown or relatively unknown pitchers, it's making them look a lot better from a win loss standpoint, from a statistical standpoint. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a Camden Yards effect when maybe you're so. moving the fence back and in left field and moving it, you know, the wall is higher. Um, people were criticizing them all over the place at the beginning of the season saying, what are they doing? And I have to say, you look at what the results have been for them this year. They, they look like they were right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it's heating up. We'll see if it carries a little bit more in the heat of the summer here. Cause yeah. you know, both ballparks do tend to play that way a little bit more in the summertime. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah. And you know, they've, they've got some fun little hitters, uh, you know, they're talking about maybe trading Anthony Santander away as he's a good player, but probably not an essential player for their, their next roster build. 
And if there's a, a limited supply of guys that are, are talent that's available, maybe that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And the, the farm system is, is pretty well stocked with outfielders too. So if -hmm. you can get, uh, you know, a a pitching prospect or, you know, a position player in the infield or whatever um, that, that might be a good way to go because Santander good power from both sides of the plate and uh, decent enough that he can play the outfield or he can DH. Uh, So yeah, in terms of their trade chips, he's got to be one and Jorge Lopez maybe a trade ship oh yeah 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 he's having a career year he's adding velocity but yeah these things are fleeting we know that uh this happens all the time with that um so we'll see what happens but uh, i I do like a lot of uh, what they've done they just they need to get the depth on their in the starting pitching uh they need you know these these guys to develop and yeah maybe the uh, uh you know moving the wall back does help that aid in that development too so I think that's something to keep an eye on. Dean Kramer actually struggled a little bit this week. I used him for a two-stepper this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to see John Means in that in that ballpark stay healthy. Second major injury for him, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. Yeah, and and that was I. He was one of those guys that I was really excited about coming into this season because you know yeah. left-handed pitcher. You stack the uh, the opposing bat, uh, lineup with right-handed hitters, and they hit it out to the uh the depths there in left center that yep. it seemed to be perfect for him and uh you know with him not being able to pitch hardly at all um that we'll have to wait until next year and and then hopefully we can see the results for him yeah for sure we got a later trade deadline this year than usual because of the uh, lockout it's i think it's like august 12th i want to say it's not july 31st like it used to be i i thought it was august 2nd second so, oh it's just a couple days then okay yeah yeah so I don't know if it uh, it's it's a weekend thing maybe or you know, yeah you're maybe not so it on the on the Sunday night or anything like that. So all right, think- I, for some reason I deluded myself into thinking it was significantly later, but uh, you know you're 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 I think you're more on top of that than I am on that. But uh, it's better for fantasy purposes. It is August second, yeah, because you know you have that Monday Tuesday. So if the the Fabapalooza with players crossing, you know, from the AL to the NL in only leagues on Sunday night. Um, you know, will it be all done by, you know, by then or those last two days? Well, if you miss out on somebody that first weekend, you might be able to pick somebody up. The, That's uh, right. The second yeah. do, time you, around. do you go after that, like B plus player and spend your fab then, or do you wait mm-hmm. and see if that a player comes over now? What's your general philosophy and, uh, fab when it comes to only leagues and an AL only league in an only league, do you hold on so that you can have the hammer or do you just fab away all, all season long i i try to hold some back because generally it's not just one player it's several players that come over and switch leagues at the deadline that can be impact players and sometimes you know that 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 can backfire on you i remember one year in uh in el tout wars i had the hammer and i was just waiting for that deadline and, and all those big pieces and the biggest name that came over to the NL was Travis Snyder. Oh, remember that? And, and I, so, I, I remember being a Travis Snyder fan at one point. In yeah. Time, but yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I had like 60 some dollars of fab left or, you know, the equivalent, you know, almost, almost 70% of my fab. That's like, well, what else am I going to spend it on? So, you know, 69 Clint. on Travis Snyder. Oy, and oy. it did not work out so well. Yes. Uh, well, and yeah, generally, I was going to say there. Generally, there are more than one 
impact type players. So even if you don't have the most, if you can save, you know, a decent amount and get the second or third or fourth, you know, make the other guys that have even more, you know, make the call and yeah. sweat over it and just say, okay, I'll take any of the top three and I'll bid whatever is $1 more than the next guy in the, in the pecking order has. Yeah. And that's actually ideal from a couple of ways too, because then may, you may not have to blow all of your money and, and labor in particular is so important because there's no $0 bids. There's no trading of fab. Uh, I, d- can you cash in injured players to get some fab back? Is that possible? Yes. 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 I think so. You can, I should, I should be in doing the, that uh, big time. The, and, and the thing too, is that in the AL and NL labor this year, we had our little strange hiccup with the, uh, uh, with the lockout to where yep. we had a bunch of free agents at the start of the season after we've drafted. And so we shelled out a lot of fab to get the Carlos Correa's and Chris Bryant's. So generally most everybody has a lot less, you know, and, and has had a lot less all through the season than they normally would. So this, this will be a, a little bit of uncharted territory for, for a lot of us when, you know, players start changing leagues and, we have to figure out, you know, well, we got $13 of fab left. You know, right. how much am I going to bid on Luis Castillo if he's coming to the AL? Right, exactly. So I, I loved what you did there, setting aside those 10 players, you know, created, you know, instant content. Uh, great to write about it and think yeah. about it. But it's just fun. I mean, fun to be able to have that. And, you know, of course, you run the risk like it's going to be disproportionately in favor of one league or the other. Uh, how'd that work out? Was it? Yeah, it 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 was. There were definitely a lot more in the AL than okay. there were in the uh, in the NL. Um, I think of the top, we t- took the top twelve out of the picture, and we're not allowed to draft. Uh, and I think nine of them went to the AL and three to the NL, or or, or was it the reverse? Crap. It was it more in the NL than the AL. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I think you're right. So um, yeah, it was. And how um, wild did the spending get? Uh, we got up into the seventies for for uh, a couple of people. Okay, um, I, I I went seventy seven on Carlos Correa uh, in AL, so that kind of hamstrung me for a bit. But you know, here's here's the way that I look at it: is if we're supposed to be, you know, quote unquote experts, you know, in this fantasy industry then let's throw something out there. We have an unprecedented situation. Let's throw something out there where there is no set strategy. Nobody right. knows how to attack this. Let's see, you know, what kind of uh, philosophies we get. Let's see if people want to go all in, people want to hold back, maybe get to fi- try and find a bargain or something like that and, and have fun with it instead of, you know, fretting about what are we going to do? And this has broken the league. Eh. It, we're going to draft when we're going to draft. We're and, all drafting uh, under the so, same set of rules. Exactly. Yep. So just give it another, you know, another challenge to overcome. And uh, I, I was really happy that it seemed like everybody in, in the leagues uh, embraced that. So we had a good time with it. Uh, our late great friend, Lauren Michaels, always used to say, just tell me the rules ahead of time. I'll figure out how to beat you with them. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and he would. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I just thought, I think it's just fun too. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I think it's a fun exercise and just, you know, like you said, creates new strategy. And I think you get a guy for the whole season long, you know, it, it you know, it's a whole lot different than getting a guy in September for two starts, you know, Absolutely. it's so, yeah, I, I think that I, I would have probably gone big 
is what I'm saying. Uh, I probably would have been one of those uh, guys that would have spent big on one of those guys and hoped I would have gotten up. So should be fun yeah. to, it's, you know, you know it, it's fun. Now you just have to manage the rest of the way. And you can, it's not like you can't trade other players to address your weaknesses. You just right. can't trade fab. You, you're going to be getting a lot of $1 bids on guys instead. Yep. I, uh, I have a feeling you're right. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's keep rolling here with a couple other news items here. We mentioned Soto. He is back in the lineup, fortunately. So, um, if you started him for the week, you're, you're getting him back for most of the week. Uh, at least he even got the pinch hit walk and I got him in (laughs) XFL. That matters. I have him in an OBP league. So at least I got that. And and they, yeah, they were the early game, you know, the real early game this week. So you had to make that call and he wasn't in the starting lineup, uh, but he did come in as a pinch hitter. So, yeah, I uh, I had him in a couple of leagues and said, I'm rolling the dice. Let's do I, it. Such a impactful player that you have to a little bit there. Uh, Craig Kimbrell came back, uh, faced all three betters. He uh, retired all three betters he faced, actually got a win. Got a win. Uh, some people might have benched him for the week. Some people whose last names rhyme with Carrickson uh, might have <laughs> done that in a league. And uh, and I did that in TGFBI. I benched him this week, thinking that might be more than two or two days. But uh, So I missed out on a win there. Just pr- another uh, bullet point in my master class there for that league. Uh, just nailed it there. But uh, <laughs> do, the do-, do the Dodgers – do they need to go out and get an improvement over Kimbrell for the rest of the year as a closer? Uh, do they do it internally? Uh, what, what do they do? I I don't know that they're, you know, if they, let's say Jorge Lopez, since we're talking about talking about him, I, I don't think he would be somebody that they would put in ahead of Kimbrell. Um, I, I think they're going to ride with him. And he's, that's the one thing with Craig Kimbrell is we've seen him have some rough stretches and, kind of ride it out and come back around again. Um, we've seen Dave Roberts do something similar when Kenley Jansen was struggling, you know, True. in, in past years. So I think as long as the, the issue for the Dodgers, I think, and why they might want to go out and get somebody like a Jorge Lopez, maybe not to close, but because Daniel Hudson yes. is out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can't really lean on Bruce Dar Gratterall, you know, for all of those, uh, eighth inning setup situations. So, and then, you know, if something does happen and, and Kimbrel can't work three days in a row, um, you can have somebody to come in and, and put out the fire, you know, for those specific situations. So uh, I don't know that they'd get a, a closer replacement, but um, they definitely, I think need some bullpen help. So uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be a buyer. One good uh, note from the, the Dodgers bullpen name to keep an eye on Evan Phillips. Uh, has been pitching very well. He's been getting holds lately. Uh, I think he's up to 10 holds now. Um, I added him in a, st- a score sheet league uh, just this week, in only score sheet league, because, you know, you always try to patch. You can find guys that uh, right. you can patch in to, to build that bullpen. You don't always have to use, you know, premium draft picks on uh, good relievers. But Phillips is a guy to keep an eye on. He might be pretty good someday. Yeah, and I've, I've seen in some deep leagues, you know, NL only types where he's been picked up over the last yep. couple of weeks just because, you know, great ratios and and getting strikeouts and possibility of vulture wins. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, another name to keep an eye on, Ty France, might be coming back soon. Mariners really could use him. It's interesting. They traded for Carlos Santana once France got hurt. I thought that might have implied that France was going to be gone for a while, but instead he's set to return for the series. I think that begins tonight. Uh, so he could be activated as early as there. It's a great two flexor strain in his left elbow. Had that kind of bend like Max Muncy yes. did. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, that that looked painful at the time. And uh, I was afraid. I've I've loved Ty France for for a while, and uh, so that hurt me on several teams. And I was afraid that he was going to be out for an extended period of time. The thing is, though, is that because France has that position flexibility, they can still play Carlos Santana at first base if they want and put Ty France at second base. And, you know, that may be one of the things that they they consider when everybody's healthy. Um, Right. Adam Frazier's not been that great by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, depending on pitching matchups, things like that. Um, I, I could see them shuffling Ty France around a little bit because he does has that have that versatility. Absolutely agree with you there. People don't realize how good Ty France has been. At least I hadn't because I don't have him anywhere. Um, yeah. Even it, it's not like I was anti Ty France. I mean, he's had mm-hmm. three straight years of this sort of level of production, but you know he he's he's been super strong. The one thing is he doesn't add any speed at all. You know we we know that. But we're talking twenty to twenty five home run power with a good average, and you know that, that that'll play anywhere. Yeah, uh, and I, th- I think average was his biggest selling point during draft season, but the power that he's hit for this year has been uh, has been quite the bonus. How early are you taking his teammate Julio Rodriguez next year? Ooh, you know, we had – this was uh, a while back. Were you part of that? It was like the second half um, mock draft. There, there were a bunch of people that got involved with that. I didn't and, do the mock this year, no. I did yeah. uh, I did the NFBC's Memorial Day contest last year. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Didn't, they we didn't had, run it this year, unfortunately. There was – um in that, um I think I had a back in – you know, at the turn, it wasn't one, one, two. So it would be at the three, four turn, he was still there, and I took Starling Marte – and immediately regretted it. Yeah. And uh, I think Joe Sheehan was uh, the guy that ended up with Julio in maybe even the fifth round. And uh, that just jumped out. You know, it, it didn't take very long to say, whoa, there's no way anybody's getting Julio in the fifth round. And he's continued to get better and better and better since then. Um, yeah, this was, this was like Memorial Day. So right. you can imagine how high you know he's you know vaulted from there i think he's a borderline first rounder i mean when you're talking possibly 40 45 steals i mean he's a better starling marte probably will hit for a better average but he's a better version i think a more valuable version of of what we all wanted with starling marte yeah. in this year or last year or or in his prime um maybe a little bit more power. I, I think, yes, definitely. So uh, a Starling Marte with power, that's, that's a borderline first rounder, even if he's only playing in, uh, you know, his sophomore season in the majors. Yeah. Starling Marte, fine player, but I think Julio's got the higher upside now. And that's, that's, and the funny thing is they both kind of play in parks that suppress their power a little bit. And yet, right. You, you still see the production there from, uh, from Julio. And yeah, I mean, he could, there's some that have argued he could be 1.1 next year. I I haven't gotten there Ooh. yet, but I'm also not dismissing it. Uh, I'm kind of like I got I need to revisit. Let's see what the numbers are at the end of the year and see how t- teams adjust to him. Yeah, that's and that's the perfect thing to think about because we've had players come in and have instant success. The question is, what do pitchers then do? 
to adjust to whatever holes may be in his swing or, or places where they feel like they can attack him, um, then he has to make the adjustments in turn. And that's where we find out, you know, where he's going to be, what his value is going to be for the long term. Um, but yeah, from just what we've seen this year, that's a, that's a hugely high ceiling. I, I don't know that I would get, you know, certainly not over Trey Turner, Okunya, Tatis, uh, Jose Ramirez, but after I think those those guys, it could be, you know, anybody coming after yeah, that. I can see it. Depending on what happens the rest of this year. Yeah, I can see it for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, and with Tatis, we just don't know. I mean, right? Who? What sort of version of the player are we going to have? I mean, this is a guy that still never got his shoulder fixed, uh, and now it's kind of coming back from a wrist injury. Some point at some point, I'm still waiting. I only yeah. have them in one league. I felt like I got the discount, but apparently it wasn't a big enough discount, but we'll see. I got him at like 153 overall, which was as low as he went, but Yeah, I, I mean that's here's here's the thing about that if we can take a little little detour. I mean, we're only at the midpoint of the season. And if, you know, if anybody who is waiting for a DeGrom or a Tatis or, you know, even a Lance McCullers or somebody like that that hasn't shown up yet, mm-hmm. um don't you don't take the L just yet because we knew, and when you drafted, you knew that they were going to be out for, you know, a good chunk of the season. Right. And you've been able to replace that person in your lineup and get, you know, not comparable stats, but at least some middling uh, accumulative stats. Right. So then if, if they can come back and, you know, DeGrom is healthy, we know what he, we've seen what he can do in half a season. We've seen what Tatis can do in, you know, not a full season. Um, you know, after leading, you know, tying for the major or the National League in, in home runs in however many games he played a year ago, um, he can cram an awful lot of production into half a year. So um, as tempting as it might be for those folks that, you know, have been waiting this long and it feels like forever, you know, those guys could be coming back fairly soon and could start giving you some production. And uh, it yeah. may turn out to be, um, you know, pretty smart pick. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's hope. At least Degrom is on his rehab assignment. I wish if we have seen set that that progress by now, I feel a little bit better about Tatis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, live batting practice even would be great at this right. point in time. But we'll see. Chris Sale, uh, another one of those guys. Oh yeah, you know, maybe coming close to uh, getting back to Boston. He's got his clubhouse t- tamper tantrum in in midseason form, <laughs> so we got that going. Yes, that was a that was a fun story, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was so funny. His first rehab went so well. He was like buying things for the team and all that. This one, he just was like throwing a tantrum after like walking a guy and getting pulled. But he, I, I, it, I still think he's probably coming back in his next uh, outing. We'll see. But uh, he's going to be back really soon. What do you expect? What sort of level do you expect him to be? I I took Chris Sale on a couple of teams, so I'm I'm including him in that uh, you know that group of of players that hasn't come back. You know the Red Sox have been better than I suspected, uh, yep, especially without him fronting that rotation. They need <laughs> him back, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because okay. when he gets on the mound, you know he was decent last year, just didn't have the stamina to be able to go deep into games. I think he's going to get the opportunity a little bit better. He's another you know another season beyond surgery, so he'll have that going for him. I'm, you know, I've, I'm keeping an eye on him and, and, and maybe banking on him a little bit more than I should, 
but uh, I, I think some good things are in store for Chris Sale. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I've got him a couple of DCs, got him early in drafts, and that's uh, and after all the setbacks, I didn't get him once, but because I had a harder time putting yeah. a price on him. So we'll yeah. see. Um, AL labor, AL labor. If I'm going to make a move, I need him to do something. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, so what else are you doing this summer? Uh, I think you're a golfer, right? I do. I, I, I try and play. Um, and, uh, I have not been as successful, uh, in getting out this year as I have in previous years, but, um, I, I enjoy certainly Jeff, when you go on your golf trips and, uh, you post pictures and, uh, and see all the wonderful courses that you play. Well, and you've uh, played a lot of them too. That's the funny thing. I'm, I'm going to be I live, Yeah. I, I lived in, in the Myrtle beach area early, early in my career. Okay. And, uh, so that was, that was one of the greatest, I mean, I was single at the time. Uh, I was my, my work schedule was I was off by three o'clock in the afternoon, and there were discounts for for locals, and so it was just my golf game had never been better because it was so easy and so convenient to go out and play. Um, but nice. uh, as as you know, you know you get kids and 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 life goes on, and uh, you never get that. Uh, I've never gotten that opportunity to to play that frequently again, but uh, I love the game and uh, I keep trying, keep trying to play and get better. But yeah, uh, there's a, there's a level. I'm doing my annual trip next week uh, in the Pinehurst area. So we've been there a couple of times already and uh, really like it. So tobacco roads, the one I'm really looking forward to the most. That's uh, it. I love that course, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's, we don't actually play Pinehurst itself because it's too expensive. You have to stay on the property, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's so many other great courses in the area. Uh, there was, um, yeah, yeah uh, there, uh, I, when I was working, um, in covering ACC football and basketball every year for the football preseason, you know, coaches, media conferences, they would have it at a resort there in the Pinehurst area. So we would play golf for a couple of days and have a tournament and maybe, you know, an afternoon's worth of interviews and everything, and then go back and play some more golf. There so, you go. Uh, that was that was wonderful. Love being around there. Yeah, it's a great area. Looking forward to that. Uh, any other big trips this summer? Uh, concerts? Anything you're going to be doing? Um, let's see. Concerts? Yes. Um, been to uh, been to fish already. Um, Jimmy Buffett is coming to the area, so my okay. wife is a huge, you know, Jimmy Buffett Parrothead fan. So going to do that. Um, and, uh, there's actually, there's a, a place not too far from where I'm living now. Uh, we're, we, we downsized a little bit, moved a little bit more suburban, uh, closer inside the beltway even. Okay. And, uh, there's a, there's a theater that's walking distance that has a, a bunch of cover bands and has, uh, actually Marshall Crenshaw and the smithereens are coming this oh, weekend. If I you're familiar the with smithereens. Them. Yeah. So, uh, they, they get some, some decent shows down there. So. Yes, on those. Uh, not really. Don't have any trips in the uh, in the hopper yet. Okay. But, uh, looking looking forward to an exciting summer, nevertheless. All right. Very good, Steve. It's awesome always to catch up with you. Uh, good luck on your leagues uh, the rest of the way. You got any uh, pieces going up at uh, USA Today or any, anywhere else? Just had uh, come out in Sports Weekly this week um, the annual full season All Stars piece that okay. uh, I put together with the help from. The guys at Baseball HQ, Matt Cedarholm, crunches the numbers. And I just put together, basically, it's 
who should the all-stars be if you do, you take not only this year's stats, but the second half of last year's stats to give you an entire spectrum, a season's worth of production and um, some interesting numbers. You can check that out, uh, fantasy.usatoday.com, or uh, I've got links to it on uh, on Twitter. You can just check my Twitter feed, but it was uh, quite a, a big undertaking and, and was really fun. So that's that's the big thing recently. Very cool. And you can follow Steve on Twitter at Steve A. Gardner. Steve, awesome as always talking with you. Good luck in your leagues. We'll talk to you again soon. Indeed. Thanks, Jeff. Good luck to you too. All right. We've got the two-star starter podcast tomorrow with Clay and Todd. Make sure to tune in for that. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.